We, the citizens of the city of Billings, for the purpose of establishing a just form of fundamental law, one that is responsible to the public for providing equal and adequate services and protections with efficient use of the community's revenue for all, one that provides for self-governing powers with respect to health, safety, and welfare of every citizen, and one that utilizes the utmost flexibility to plan for the future, do establish this charter for the city of Billings of the state of Montana. The Friday Packet with Stocky and Stout. Rogers. Can you um, s- <laughs> look into the camera and say, you're, can somebody get a camera? <laughs> and I realized we were supposed to stop. Well, I think I was referred once on this podcast as Roddy Rowdy. <laughs> Roddy Rowdy. As what? Rowdy Rowdy. Yeah, is Rowdy Robbie and then Rowdy Robbie Piper and then just Rowdy Roddy Piper, right? Oh, yeah. That's right. That Rowdy was, Rowdy. I forgot. That's right. It was probably around January, WrestleMania yeah. time. Yeah, that was, uh, that was an important time for us. Uh, <laughs> 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 Rowdy Robbie is your Rowdy, new Rowdy Piper. Like, handle. And it fits. Why is that not your Twitter <laughs> handle? You don't, uh, you don't, my whole vibe. You don't listen to this, do you? What? You don't listen to this podcast, do you? I listen, I, I pick and choose. I get a lot of city council, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a little. But yeah, I've, I've listened to two or three episodes. Oh, wow. That's more than most people. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we're famous. <laughs> we are so famous. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so... <clears throat> Courage. Hey, Stocky. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm good. A little sweaty, uh, but I'm good. Yeah, well, that's going around. It's going to happen. Yeah, that's been happening around this town. Um, we're not in the dump today, are we? No, we're in the dump north. <laughs> north dump, yes. North dump. Yes, the learning annex of the dump. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have, uh, we've relocated today to uh, observe CDC-mandated social distancing requirements because we have way more people than we could possibly fit into a tiny house, which is four, counting you and me. I think we could have logistically made it work, but someone would have to be up in the loft. That'd be uncomfortable. Yeah. It would be. We wouldn't want that at all. Um, You want to know who we got with us today? I do. Wow. That's exciting. We have uh, two representatives of uh, local media that we can name later. Um, but they are Anna Page. Whoop, whoop. There you go. And Rowdy <laughs> Rod Rogers. The one and only. <laughs> Piper, oh, I think. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and they, they, uh, they're working on a new project, which uh, seems to be forming a, uh, a guild, essentially a, uh, a union. Yeah, you can say the U word. I love the U word. I'm a big fan. <laughs> That's a good thing to have. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's kind of coming down to the wire, right? Yeah, ballots. You, you vote on an actual ballot to form a union done through the National Labor Relations Board, and those ballots, I think, come out at the end of the week, and then we've got until the first or second week of July to, to get them all filled out and mailed back in. So, yeah. Yep, wow. we'll be voting by mail, so we should yeah. get our ballot and uh, be able to cast a yes. We want the Denver News Guild um, to represent us, which is a chapter um, that we are forming underneath. Yep. Um, local. Um, I guess they call that local. Yeah. It's do. local enough. 
I mean, we can get there in a day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm a supporter of unions, and always have been since I was like nine. You know, it's a big deal. Uh, but I am woefully uneducated. So, will you be joining an existing union of some sort? Will you be creating a new one? Uh, how, how does, maybe even, how's the process in broad terms, 40,000 foot view, because we don't have 15 days to go over this, but. Let's start with the name. What's the name of the organization you go. that you're gonna, we're gonna call? We're it? forming the Montana News Guild. Oh. Was yeah. that, sorry, go ahead. Well, I say, and it exists, let's see, I guess it probably is a little Byzantine, but it, there's, there's a National News Guild, mm -hmm. and then under the National News Guild, there is the Denver News Guild, and, and they're kind of the, the regional organization, and, and then the Montana News Guild, we would operate under the, the Denver News Guild, so they would be our umbrella organization, I suppose would be the best way to describe it. So, so is Denver just like a regional, like Rocky Mountain one, and there's different chapters all over the, the country? Yeah. Yeah, so the Denver News Guild includes, I think, it's Colorado, Idaho, Wyoming, Montana. I'm not yep, sure. Yep, our compadres down in Casper yeah, that's are right. underneath the Denver News Guild. They were successfully unionized uh, a couple of years ago, yeah. and that is a Lee Enterprise paper. Yeah. Oh, wow. So this is not unprecedented by any means? No. No, it is In not. Montana for Lee Enterprises, we would um, certainly be the second newsroom to organize um, okay. the Missoula Independent, which came under the umbrella of Lee Enterprises, um, was unfortunately um, uh, dismantled after Lee purchased them, um, but they had um, unionized their newsroom. Wow, okay. <clears throat> so... Uh, for those who don't know, Lee Enterprises is a multinational media conglomerate owned by uh, Mark Zuckerberg, obviously. Um, or am I'm not I, sure if that's accurate. Fact check off? that. Please. Okay. Peter Thiel? This isn't Peter Thiel? <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, so uh, am I wrong about that? Or are we, what do we got? <laughs> they do own uh, more than, I believe, 80 papers across the U.S. since the Berkshire Hathaway yeah. Act. Acquisition. Yeah, they've got quite Those are some portfolio now. challenging words after a, <laughs> a long day. But um, yeah, so the, the portfolio has grown. They represent papers. Uh, they have papers all over the United States. We are one of the um, largest, actually, in the portfolio. So, hmm. And we represent a very large news um, geography area as well. Yeah. yeah, I think Lee's flagship paper is the... St. Louis Post, which would be the biggest paper, and and they they're unionized. Uh, they were they were unionized, I think, long before Lee purchased them. Uh, but yeah, we're we're certainly the company's biggest property in Montana. So this is not a new thing for Lee, no, in any way. And uh, I understand that this is a sensitive time for you to be discussing it, but you know, little little background on that doesn't hurt. Um, not the first time Lee has seen something along these lines, and uh, you know we don't know what their views are, but uh, <laughs> they seem to be. You know, they haven't burned down the building. I noticed today; it's still standing. It is still standing. Yeah, this yeah. is true. Um, there are certainly far less people at the Gazette than there were um, a decade ago, five years ago. I mean, we've seen cuts. 
happening for a long time, and this mirrors national trends. This isn't sure. anything that's unique to us, and we also don't believe that unionizing is a magic bullet for job security. We recognize that um, cuts in the papers are happening at a national level. They have been happening even before um, a global pandemic that caused um, a lot of shutdown of businesses, and if you look at how a newspaper's model operates, um, the primary source of revenue is through local business. And you know we are um, definitely feeling the impacts of that, um, like, like all industries. Uh, so we've just seen our staff be cut um, routinely for many, many years. And we'd like to have a voice at the table. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and those staff cuts have been quite broad among the, it's not like they're knocking the newbies off of the bottom. I mean, we don't have a local editor anymore as of, what, how long ago was that? It was a month ago, I would yeah. say, Daryl Ehrlich went away. It was before COVID, so certainly there was problems in the industry before the pandemic. Um, and yes, now we have a, a regional editor. And yeah. David McCumber is um, a veteran of the news industry. I mean, he's been in the business for 50 years. He's spent time in Seattle and um, San Francisco. One of my favorite um, connections with him was uh, during his um, coming on board, we talked about his relationship with Hunter S. Thompson, and he was his editor back in the day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I'm like one person removed from that, which is, which is fabulous. <laughs> That's he's pretty got badass. A, he's got a great um, news nose, and it is nice to you know, have a journalist of that caliber represent us, but it is still very difficult to see our staff be whittled down um, routinely. So logistically-wise, having a regional editor like that taking on as much um, responsibility as he obviously has, it kind of leaves those smaller markets out on the fringes even more. So why do you think the consolidation from, I don't you can answer this if you are not, why the consolidation from Lee down to such a, a, a narrow, you know, profit-driven kind of scope, whatever sort of pays the bills, that's what it kind of feels like. It loses all the local flavor when it gets funneled down. It just keeps getting more and more funneled down. Well, I can't speak for the company and their decisions on, on that, but I can say that uh, local media has become more important in this time than ever before. We are on the front lines of the protests. We are at the city council meetings. We are at public meetings for energy companies. We continue to do incredible work every day as essential workers. I would say incredible. I might be a little biased. I'll just show my bias. We have some really fine journalists employed at the Gazette, and we want to be able to continue to cover the community as best as we can with the limited resources that we have, given the constraints on the industry, um, which, again, we mirror national trends. Newsrooms are down 50% of their staff across the country. Um, at some point, the Gazette was one of the largest employers in Yellowstone County. Wow. So what does it look like going forward, do you think? What is the uh, overarching goal? I mean, one of those examples, I guess, would be with uh, Montana Free Press with John S. Adams, his nonprofit setup that he's got up there. Um, you obviously are forming in the union, so I guess, what does it look like in the future, you think, for your consortium of journalists at the Billings Gazette? 
Rob, will you pull out your magic eight ball for me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll have a look. What was it? That the old uh, Johnny Carson routine. <laughs> no, I think I, I think it's a good question, and I think if people knew, we'd be able to solve the problem, yeah. right? And and the big problem is industry wide, there there still is no way to uh, to monetize newspapers like it was pre-internet. Um, you know. The, you can sell ads online, but it's you know pennies on the dollar for ads they used to be able to sell in the paper, and so you, the industry no longer has a real revenue stream like it had. And until they can figure out how to solve that problem, it's just the future is uncertain. There's just no way to know. I think the nonprofit model uh, might work. There's a you know the Salt Lake Tribune just last year went that direction. You've got the free press here in state that's done that. Uh, one of the big Florida papers was one of the first to go nonprofit. I can't remember which one it was. St. Petersburg, maybe? Tampa? And, and they've been able to make it work. So, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, I think, like Anna said, what, what, is, what we do know is that there is a need for local journalism maybe more now than there's ever been, and, and no one else can do it. You have to have local people on the ground covering it because there's there's simply no other way to do it. And so the hope is we can get it figured out. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. Well, and I think the industry hasn't been transparent about how the sausage is made. And so when I talk about the distribution model of a paper, it, it, it almost seems a bit absurd. It used to make so much sense. I interviewed Costas Lazarus. And if you know Costas, he's a songwriter. He's in the Songwriter Hall of Fame down in Nashville. He's written thousands of songs. He grew up in Billings. He was a paper boy, oh gosh, I think in the 50s. His family immigrated here from Greece. And he was telling me about how he would sling papers. And paper boys had um, distribution routes where there was a family every, you know, every few addresses that had papers. And now we're looking at every few blocks and it's harder and harder to um, get those papers to the doorstep and you look at how a paper is produced first it is a matter of Rob being out in the field and then putting it into a digital asset that is then sent off to a regional design center placed on the page the pages come back we proof send back corrections they come back to us they go off to four metal plates to the press that is printed onto paper um, that is then um, printed and you know put into the back of delivery folks' cars um, that then are, are brought around the region. It's an incredible gift to have a paper on your doorstep every morning, I feel. Like, not a gift maybe, but just like a feat. It is a feat that is incredible to see that press run. It is a proud industry. We have every been day. printing papers every day. for how long has the Gazette oh, been running papers? 125 years? Yeah. And only recently have we ceased printing papers um, only twice in the Gazette's history. We didn't print a paper on Christmas, and we didn't print a paper on Memorial Day. And a lot of that is about resources, and um, it's, a, it's a challenging model, especially when you look at all the advertisers who no longer are in our community. Yeah. And we're looking at the digital conglomeration 
of advertising, such as Facebook and Google owning upwards of sometimes 90% of the digital advertising space. So as a consumer, you're not even being served local advertising yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I think it is up to every community member to make a decision on how they want to consume, um, whether you're going to buy into that Instagram post that is trying to sell you something from a company that doesn't exist here, or if you're going to go to your local hardware store and try to find it, I know that it takes a little bit more work. It also takes more work to consume local information, and it is everybody's responsibility, I believe, to be good stewards of the information that they consume and uh, to hold their community accountable, to hold their press accountable. You know, I mean, we are only as good as our sources and as our access. Yeah. I, I filled in for a friend in the late 90s. Uh, who was, uh, he, did, he did the Billings Gazette, or one of several Billings Gazette routes in Sheridan. <clears throat> and uh, that's, a, that's a tough job because you, it, it's like having a baby. You can't leave it alone. You have to find a babysitter if you're going to go on your honeymoon. You know what I mean? So um, I, I was really impressed. I had no idea. I, my grandmother had gotten the paper, the Billings Gazette, every day that I could ever remember. Um, and he's like, all you have to do, go to the post office at 3 a.m. And so that's pretty easy, right? <laughs> We're all out anyway. Um, it's a witching hour, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, a guy will show up in a white Chevy S10, and he will have, I don't know, 10,000 newspapers in the back of that pickup. And I was like, wow, 10,000. He's like, don't worry, you only deliver 350 on weekdays. And then you only deliver, God, I don't even remember, just because there was, you know, the Sunday subscription in Sheridan was very popular for a while. Um, and it just blew my mind. I, I rolled in there, like, this is super weird. 4 a, or 3 a.m., 20 other people in Sheridan rolled up in their cars and just threw us bundles with our names on them. And then I had my list of addresses that I had to drive to. It was a really eye-opening experience because, I mean, you know, it was just magically appears on your doorstep, right. man. Right. And to the moment it hits your door, how many people were involved at that point? Yeah. It's, it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I really it changed my mind about the whole situation. Um, and, of course, on the Sunday, the guy got a flat tire coming down from Billings. And, I, you know, so he's, a, he's loading up in Billings at 1 a.m. Right. and uh, goes to the post office in Sheridan, which is a two-hour drive away. Right. Um, and, of course, he had all the newspapers piled onto his, onto his spare tire, and it was raining, so the top <laughs> paper in each bundle was totally smoked. Um, and he got them there. They're supposed to be, the Sunday could be out by 7. It had to be delivered by 7. The weekday had to be delivered by 6. And uh, he got there at, like, 5.30. And oh, I had an hour and a half to get out, <laughs> I don't know, 500 papers. It blew my mind. And I got so many calls. My dad's like, why did the phone start ringing at 4 a.m.? Because <laughs> people aren't seeing their paper. Oh, yes. you know? and the, you the do old... not see your paper, yeah. we will hear about it. And you go call. through your retirement trailer parks in Sheridan that exist there for some reason, yeah. and you're throwing them out your window, and there's old people standing on their porch ready to catch it <laughs> at 4 a.m. And it's just, wow, remarkable. okay. That is remarkable. Well, you yeah. bring up a good point that we serve so many rural communities, and yeah. we serve so many people who might not have access to reliable internet or who mm -hmm. have long um, chosen to consume their news in a print form. And 
it's interesting to see how we've changed the way that we access information. And a printed newspaper, you might not read every article, but you're spending time with it and you're scanning and you're moving through it. And I think in some ways that could be your newsfeed, but here's the difference, is that a newsfeed is an algorithm and it's curated by all of your friends and all of the things that you like and all of the ideas that you uphold. And so it continues to reaffirm those values as opposed to present you a spread of news of the day. And I know that the industry um, has its challenges. I'm not here to say that we are you know, a perfect and complete picture of American um, politics and culture and society, but um, I can't imagine a world without local journalism. And that's the part that I think has spurred us to come together as a community of journalists. I mean, um, you speak of you know, Montana Free Press and we have so much respect for what they do and I've seen these small upstarts of, of papers in the country starting these nonprofit models, they're staffing. The, the amount of money it takes just to produce, the resources it takes yeah. to produce this are incredible. So we, we are one of the largest staffed news organizations in the community, which means that we can be responsive and out there in, in all of these different situations. I mean, we obviously can't be everything to everyone and everywhere, but right. uh, that's, a, that's a tough model. Yeah. So we want to preserve what we have. We want to advocate for you know, our newsroom employees while also recognizing that we're in unprecedented times that are really challenging. And we just want to be able to be at the bargaining table. We want to have a conversation about right. cost of living wage increases. We want to have a conversation about our benefits. And yeah. our cost of living is incredibly high here in Billings and our wages are, are not comparable. And it's not... Uh, it's just not been talked about. Well, I think that's been some of the frustration is it feels like, you know, every time there's some downturn in the economy or every time, you know, the Gazette loses an advertiser because a big box store closes and, you know, no longer advertises with us, there always seems like there's panic and you get direction from Lee. It, it always, it just, it feels capricious. It feels reactive. And, and that's frustrating as an employee to feel like uh, there's nothing I can do about this. It's, it just <laughs> rolls downhill. And so that is some of the hope, that if we can organize, if we can uh, come together at the bargaining table, it won't stop the industry from imploding, but at least it gives us a chance to say, hey, you know, maybe we can control the blast a little bit, at least yeah. the direction of the blast. And have a voice in the future of this. I mean, we are all incredibly invested. We don't do this because we get paid, you know, incredible bonuses for all of our hard work. <laughs> we don't drive brand new cars. I mean, look at our photographers. Yeah. I mean, any, it, it, just look at a photographer's car and you know that they are in it for the passion. <laughs> they will run those wheels off chasing down good stories and... Uh, I don't know, Larry Mayer's yellow Sonic is... <laughs> Really nice. It's it really is. I mean, Larry is a Larry is just a gem. He's a he's a treasure. Brett French is, is one of the last environmental reporters in the Greater Yellowstone ecosystem. He is an endangered species. Yes. And he uh, he and I had fifty percent of the top traffic last year on uh, the Gazette's website of the top ten stories. Um, yeah. 
you know, so we'll chase stuff. We, we, we have a nose for news, and uh, we're, we're in it because of our passion. Yeah. And we're in it because we believe in the ethics of the industry and in transparency, and this is one of the reasons we've come to the table to talk about these things. One of my favorite yeah. Larry Mayer photog- photography moments is he caught me during running by a sugar beet file, and it's on the back page, and there's just me running by the sugar beet pile, and the byline on the headline above it, it just says disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just me running along. I was like, this is the greatest picture Is there ever. an arrow? <laughs> there, was, there was, but it was just like, yeah, this, this is about right. <laughs> I like it. So, um, oh, the other forward. 50%, by the way, were city council stories. Really? No, they were not. <laughs> I was like, can we fact check that, please? I think maybe. Wow, I maybe not know, even have I mean, Rob, great point, though. Like, we're not just chasing clicks. Right. Like, we know what people want to read, and we call it digital rubbernecking. And as an arts reporter, it is hard to compete with the murder and the mayhem and the drugs and those great sugar beet factory joggers. <laughs> I mean, those things are gold. But... You know, we're having really important conversations about, um, you know, our indigenous neighbors. We are a big part of the conversation around missing and murdered indigenous women and people. And I have sat at tables with women who have lost their daughters to atrocious situations that are beyond even my comprehension. And I've been allowed into that conversation so that I can understand and I've heard them say, media coverage is the reason why there are more missing endangered persons alerts going out. There is more attention, there is more traction because the media is talking about the most important parts of our community that are malfunctioning, which is the treatment of people, especially our indigenous people who represent only 6% of the population but are 10 times more likely to be missing or murdered. Yeah. It, we yeah, have spent so much time in the background understanding these issues so that we can, with accuracy and truthfulness, represent what's going on to the best of our abilities. And as a white woman, that is a very difficult thing to do because I don't have the same knowledge base and so we work every day to try to understand that what goes on behind the scenes in a newspaper business is incredible yeah. takes a lot of work mm-hmm. yeah so uh, what is the let's just distill it down what is the goal what do you want the result to be of the union being created I mean, I heard voice at the table, and obviously there's local knowledge here that doesn't exist in the parent company. We'll just say that. A lot of people who are in charge haven't probably been to Billings. Um, So the people who've been working at the Gazette for, you know, several decades in many cases, they know more about Billings, and they have wisdom accumulated that they can offer. what else? What else do you hope to be a result of this? It's funny, the initial pushback that we've gotten uh, from Lee so far has really been focused on pay raises. They mm. keep talking about how, uh, you know, 
Casper negotiated, you know, two percent raise in their contract, but you know, because of what they pay in union dues, it's all a wash. You, you know, the, you, 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 you'll get better raises, you know, without the contract. And I don't think they they realize that's not what is motivating this. We we all, I mean, we'd all love better pay, but I think the end goal, the motivation is, is just that to simply have a voice at the table to be able to, to have a say, in how. Uh, the Gazette, in how Lee handles the Gazette in terms of uh, staffing decisions, benefit decisions, and, and even stuff like when they choose not to run a paper. You know, these are things that affect that affect us in the newsroom, that affect the, the, the paper itself, and we think it's only fair for us to have a voice in those decisions, to at least be able to sit at the table and say, well, maybe this isn't the best idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's talk about this. Okay. Yeah, especially when we are under... So we've all taken unpaid time off. We've all made sacrifices to make sure that this company comes out of the pandemic yeah. and still exists. Across the board, staff have taken unpaid time Casper, in their union contract, was able to talk about what that furlough looked like. Yeah. It's not that we're going to say, nope, sorry. Right. But they were able to have a voice in what that looked like because we recognize that these sacrifices need to be made, but we also need to protect ourselves and our best interests when it comes to paid time off that might expire at the end of the year. And if you're furloughed and you have a very limited staff, it looks very difficult to actually even utilize your earned vacation time, yeah. for instance. Sure. And you have a skill set. I mean, it's just like any other trade or job in, in, in America. You have a skill set. You're a good writer. You're a good local reporter. You should be compensated fairly for that reporting and that work that you do. It's just become... It's It's not weird to me, I, I, you see it happening. It's just weird that that, that has been uh, demonetized on a certain level, but the clickbaity, no content, no, no sources thing, that's, that's what's getting rewarded. And that's what you have to constantly explain. That's, that's what's frustrating to me, is having to spend actual time going like, all right, let's, let's, let's look at this. It's just like, it's almost like it's geared to do that. And, um, what you're doing, what you're setting up is what I like. It's not hyper-localized, but it's good journalism. I don't have to go to secondary sources on the dark web, you know, and turn my VPN on and, and make sure, you know, all this. I mean... <laughs> well, and I, I, I do think that it is every person's responsibility to share credible news sources, mm -hmm. especially in this time. And so there is a bit of... Um, research that's involved on the public's end if they feel misrepresented. And that's the other thing I really value about a local paper is that you are encouraged to write letters to the editor. This is your local paper. This is your place for your voice. We are very responsive to people who reach out to us. We take um, criticism very seriously. We make sure that if there are any claims of, of, of factual inaccuracies or misrepresentations, those are looked at. We take our, we take our, um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought, but we take our responsibilities very seriously to ethically report the news 
and uh, I don't know that all news outlets are created equal. Yeah, so it feels like it's become like a combat sport. It's like oh, journalists yeah. and people constantly defending themselves. It's like this, uh, this is exhausting. Well, we're happy <laughs> yeah. to to be an educating voice, but again, that's not our exclusive role. You know, right. exactly. there is an ownership on the community to to vet their news sources. Yeah. I, I have to say that I have recent experience uh, calling the Gazette and saying, hey, this is the wrong word. Please correct it. And it was immediately corrected. Uh, and it's, that's nice. It's, yeah, that's we not hate something making you can mistakes. Do. We hate making mistakes. They're, sure. They're very public. <laughs> they're very and, public. And <laughs> uh, we're also very public about correcting them. We don't just go online and nope. like change the word. I mean, yeah. we run a correction. Yeah. We are very transparent about what we put out. And, you know, there are fewer editors in our world, you know, I, I think mistakes were always made. I just think well, you have yeah. more people reading your copy, right. more editors employed by the paper. Well, even 10 years ago, you had, you know, after a reporter filed a story, you probably had three to four different editors between that person's editor, that reporter's editor, uh, editors on the copy desk. That copy went through three or four different people before uh, right on the page. Today, you're lucky if it gets through two sometimes it's only one yeah wow so well and you know it's it was a very easy mistake that most people make anyway and it's not that big a deal but it i mean if you search whatever it was on google you're going to get the wrong right result and it was just important that it be addressed and it was addressed very nicely and publicly, oh, as you say. I know, so, that's good to hear. <laughs> and you're not going to get that out of Facebook? No. That's <laughs> yeah, weird. That's weird. And, you know, there's, there's a couple other papers in town that basically are just a printed Facebook feed. Yellowstone County News? I, you can say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That is, it's offensive. <laughs> and Nice. Well, and we're not here to be a rehash of press releases. That is not our role. No. Our role is to have illumination and to bring greater insight to conversations that are of our community. Like, from the arts beat, I, I just can't compete with Facebook. I'm not a calendar anymore. Right. I can't be. That's not my role. Yeah. You know, but can I look at... Um, these conversations happening in our community and try to bring greater insight to them. I mean, those are some of the things that I've had the true luxury of exploring. So um, not everything can be that. Sometimes we got to move quick. we got to get news out right away. Yeah. But um, when we're given some time to dig in, I think that's a, a really great benefit that the Gazette can give is that we are an illuminating source as yeah. opposed to just a rehashed press release that you're going to read anywhere else. Absolutely. And I think it can't be stated enough times, and it's, I don't know, we're at eight or ten in this one recording, but <laughs> it is local people who live here yeah. who are bringing these things to you. Um, and there's a lot of value in that that I think people just probably have forgotten. Um, I, think it's, I think it's more important than, than it gets credit for. I wanted to um, just mention that we did a lot of work in our newsroom to create a mission statement. And that might seem like fairly self-evident that we have a mission. 
but we felt that it was important to come together as newsroom staff to truly lay down the foundation of what we're doing, especially with like a shifting environment. Things are moving underneath us pretty quickly. And as we get further and further away from a large staffing model, we have to be very clear and autonomous in what we do. And we came together to draft a mission um, that we're committed to on a daily basis, which is to engage and inform people about Billings, the state of Montana and surrounding areas by providing reliable and fact-based reporting, context and diverse viewpoints. Pretty good mission. In a nutshell. You'd be surprised how long it took to come to that. <laughs> a lot of work. Because, you know, we're... It was a bit of a process. Mission statements we are... Were... We were good real God. committed to that, you know, because we were also committed to what is our role going forward as this landscape changes. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's, yeah, and it is changing. So is this like a common thread? Like you, you're coming under Denver's sort of thing, and... Um, from my limited listening to like on the media and other news sources, is this a common thing across the United States where people or journalists are either going up the? I don't. I don't want to say there's two different ways, but there's the nonprofit way, and then there's unionizing underneath like Lee Enterprises or existing, you know, printer across the United States. Is that like a common thing, or is there two kind of groups forming in the whole reshuffling of? The newspaper industry, I guess you could say. Well, I don't think it's ever been easy to unionize a newsroom. Sure. And I believe that some papers have been met with incredible resistance. We do feel very heard and valued by our company mm -hmm. and uh, that they're willing to have the conversations. I know that some other newspaper chains are not as amenable. So. I don't know if it's a theme. I think we just felt that it was something that would empower us moving forward, especially yeah. given the recent cuts that we sustained, including our editor, which I will say that they, we have an editor. We do. It is now a regional, regional position. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I can't pop in and pop off about whatever the hell is going on. And by the way, if you've never been able to drop F-bombs within the first sentence at your boss's office and not get written up, you just aren't living. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm missing that. It's very freeing. <laughs> it's irreverent, you it's know. It's liberating. <laughs> the newsroom's a funny beast. Uh, so, yeah, I think our particular newsroom felt that, that need. Yeah. Yeah, so in the last year or two, I've had two or three friends at different papers that have organized. So I think there is a trend. I don't know if it's even a trend, but I feel like I'm seeing it a little bit more than maybe I did. Yeah, and like I'm the sure one in sorry, in the, like the one in Las Vegas, uh, the whole the whole Coke and the Gawker Media thing. Yeah, that sort of that that whole thing how that went down. It seems like they went down in a hail of glory, obviously. Right. Um, but then it seems like, well, okay, now what's the next step? That's the hardest part. Right. Um, and, mm -hmm. I, and I don't want to see that, that localness of the paper going away. Um, well, we're, we're united. I mean, we have 90% of eligible employees that have signed pledge cards. And we are Montana and Northern Wyoming's largest paper. We are very committed to our community, and this is a move to allow us to have an even greater voice in how we move forward. Yeah. 
You, I, oh, go ahead. All right. So what is the primary focus of uh, you guys going moving forward? Is there this, this still the same outline as Lee has, you know, local and state, uh, the enjoy section, you know, the same kind of format going forward? Or is that kind of the uh, things that you would be negotiating in a contract and I guess... Yeah. Coverage. What right. The coverage I, would be. I think I think those will all be conversations we have. I'm not sure that we even have a real good. I don't know that we have a crystal clear vision of that. Well, but, but essentially, are... once we vote, all of our employment contracts freeze, and it allows us to start to renegotiate, or negotiate, I suppose I should say. Gotcha. Well, yeah, and I, I guess technically, I don't even know that we have a contract. Uh, I think it took Casper eight months to to negotiate their contract once they once their union was formalized, recognized. But yeah, during that time, everything was status quo until the until the contract was was inked and put in force. But yeah, I, I mean, I know just among the reporters, there's issues about beats. There's some discomfort with the number of general assignment reporters. News coverage tends to be a little better when someone's on a dedicated beat because they get to know, they get to know the people, they get to know the, the industry or the info, and and so if you can have folks on dedicated beats, I think your coverage is a little bit better. So I know there are reporters that want to have conversations about that. Um, yeah, the loss of enjoy as a tab and moving to a section in the paper, I don't know that that could have been stopped, but it would have been nice to have had a conversation about it. Sure, and I was definitely. Um part of those conversations, but probably not part of that decision. Gotcha. Um, it had a lot to do with the reduction in the amount of print pages, which had a lot to do with revenue, and that we still maintain an entertainment section and an entertainment reporter is a beautiful thing to me. <laughs> it's a big deal. I, I hope that so. continues. <laughs> I mean, a lot of my reporting has been um, statewide. We're looking at broad trends and factors affecting local food, the brewery industries, the music industries. I mean, we're talking from Missoula down that we're looking at what's going on in the state. Um, but also at a local level, how this is impacted. For instance, COVID's impacted our, our museum structures or you know, just our, our local bands. For instance, my next feature will be on a band uh, doing a show at a drive-in theater out in Laurel. And so we're reflecting national trends where musicians are trying to figure out how to do this safely. And so this will be the first example of Billings sort of coming together and mirroring what we're seeing in, like, Canada's got music festivals where you're driving in and parking now, you know? So I think there's value in what local people are doing that reflect the statewide mentality. And so... I think our, our conversations might shift to a statewide level a little bit more because we are a statewide paper. We are a, an online um, factor. So, yeah, we're going to talk about bigger issues. But, um, again, back to that idea that Enjoy as a 16-page publication was unsustainable. I feel very heard in the decisions that they made, but I do think that... All of my fellow staffers have not had that same experience, and I want that for everyone. I want negotiated pay raises for everyone. 
I want conversations about the future of their beats and their pages and their paper for everyone. And I'm just hoping that this movement will bring us all together and allow us those broader conversations. Yeah, that, uh, that beat conversation is really interesting because that's a way to localize local journalism too. Because if you cover city council, for instance, right. you become a familiar face. Right. Um, and you can call the person you have a question for and say, hey, it's me. You know me. Yeah. I'm cool. We're cool. What do you think about this? And if it's just a fella somewhere else who's never dealt with it before, but he was told, hey, this is you for this weekend, I can see why that would be, you'd lose a lot of the, a lot of the impact yeah. in a situation like that. And I think that's it exactly. I, I know that if I send Chris Kukulski a text, he'll respond because he knows who I am. He knows the kind of coverage he's gotten, and he knows that we might not always like the coverage he's gotten, but he, I think he understands he can trust us to, or trust me to, to at least get it right, mostly. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, mm -hmm. it is. It's, it's, it's relationships and trust. Yeah. It's trust. You build trust with your sources. Yeah. And like you said, you're not always going to write the story that they want to read, but you're going to write it accurately. Right. And that's about access. Yeah. And it's about institutional knowledge. Mm -hmm. So the longer you spend in a particular segment of the community, the more context you're going to have, the more trust you're going to build. And every story we publish builds trust with the community. Every time we put our name to something, that is our reputation on the line. Yeah. And we do not fuck with that. Yeah. Well, your, your name is right at the beginning. I had like, to drop an F-bomb. I just miss it so much. <laughs> I think it's okay. Do we allow that? What? We good with that? <laughs> what, what, saying fuck? Yeah. Can we say fuck? Are yeah. we good? Oh, yeah. We're good with fuck? Yeah. Okay, good. And we don't call him Kukulski around here. We call him Cuckoo Mania. So <laughs> I can use the sound yeah. throughout the episode. <laughs> I'm not sure that he likes that. But. And uh, we also are not allowed to say car I have to bleep. Yes. I, I. No, the only thing equal to that discussion now has been the Aronson sidewalk discussion. Oh, which, God. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It is insane. Yeah, I'm surprised you have any teeth left. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. And I, and I, man, I have to say I admire you because I, <laughs> I have a podcast with my friend Stocky <laughs> where we discuss city council and we'll each go a couple of weeks like did you watch nah <laughs> fuck it can't do it no, no I'll go back and watch it through and then yeah you know I'm able to skip through like 10 seconds yeah, yeah. I mean I started out all gangbusters I showing up and sitting in the back taking notes sure and yeah like five hours later I got to get up in four hours and it's like eh, this is not sustainable <laughs> yeah um, so I mean <laughs> superhero status man because yeah. Oh, what an God. excellent testimonial for a local journalist. Yeah. <laughs> Who else is going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Sure, sure. Rob. This yeah. man is... Cape on. Bleeding through his eyeballs. And <laughs> for eight hours every Monday. And clearly not in it for the money. Right. <laughs> and if I can put a plug in for another superhero, 
Tom Ludy, <laughs> this guy will show up at a public meeting for Northwestern Energy, find out the door is locked, yeah. rattle the doors down, get his ass in, and then write about it. Yeah. Wow. Because public meetings are public meetings, yeah, and a door locked is not a public meeting. Exactly. Who else is shaking that door down? Exactly. That's I got wonderful. a little heated all of a sudden. <laughs> I love my people. I love what they do. They're so passionate. Yeah, this that's the passion. Yeah, and without the passion, I mean, again, not in it for the money. I understand working a job that you're working because you want to do that work. And if you can make enough money to not die, that's, that's kind of like a bonus, right? right. I just want to survive. We're yeah. not greedy. Pronounce. We know what greed looks like. We've researched it. <laughs> you covered you, it. Yeah, <laughs> if you're interested, it. you can go to montananewsguild.org, <laughs> and there's plenty of good info out there's there. There's plenty of good info. On how... Reporters in Montana, journalists in Montana, are compensated compared to corporate owners. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you guys are trying to form a union. Just logistically, how do you do that? Like, you get there's you, some crying. And yeah, <laughs> so you have to barbecuing. You have to meet not at work. Not on the not on the clock. Yeah, this is our after hours. This is how Rob and I spend our free time. Oh, that's Kick off our shoes. <laughs> no, we spent a few nights in Anna's house last year, talking to to folks and figuring out how this would all go. But logistically, that's how it starts. Is outside of company time, you get together, you talk about is this something we really want to do? Is this something we think will benefit us? And and once you make that decision, then you reach out to your colleagues and you try and engage their interest. And if everyone's on board, then you move forward. And so, so well, and certainly field their questions and their concerns to yeah, the best exactly. of your abilities or connect them with some of the guild members who are far more, yeah. you know, invested. And then we have counterparts like in Casper, we were really, um, you know, grateful for the support of some of the folks who were instrumental in unionizing and Casper to talk about some of the fears and the concerns about retaliation and any other number of things that, you know, that can come up. Right. But yeah, once you've done all that, you actually file with the Na National Labor Relations Board. Uh, I think the requirement is, oh, I hope I get my numbers right, uh, the requirement is 75% of who is perceived eligible for the union has to be in agreement that they want to form a union. And so, you know, everyone signs... Uh, is it 75 or 65? I see. More okay. than a simple majority. More than a simple majority. Right, which, again, we we were able to... Yeah, we had 19 of, of 21. Did Nin I do the math right? I suck at math. I always ask for help. I know. 19 of 21 gives you a really good idea. Hmm. That's, we're going with 90%. More yeah. than. Yeah, and so yeah. once you do that, once you file those cards with the net... National Labor Relations Board, then you go public. And you go public by presenting a letter to your publisher, to your company, saying uh, all of these employers want to form a union. And we request that you grant us that right. You know, it's called voluntary recognition. We ask them to voluntarily recognize that we're a union, which they can do. Lee today could just say, okay, you guys are a union. Um, they have chosen not to go that route. And so, uh, in that case, what happens is there is a literal vote where the National Labor Relations Board sends out ballots to everyone in the newsroom. They mark a yes or a no if they want to be a union. They mail them back. And, and that just has to be simple majority. If, it's, if you get 51%, oh, wow. then you've got yourself a union. So. That's, that's fascinating. And in the meantime, 
the company will bring us together and have conversations um, to their side about why this would not be a good move for us as employees. So that's about where we're at. Okay. Um, when would the vote be? So ballots, is it next week? We're going to get ballots in the mail um, within the next two weeks, and then the vote will be counted in early July. Okay. So all ballots are due back in the mail. We did receive um, formal notice of all of this from the HR director yeah. um, of the Gazette. Um, so it's all been very transparent. It's all been very um, communicated in accordance with the law. We yep. have the right to organize. We have the right to have these discussions. We are not um, within, you know, it is within our legal rights to organize. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely fascinating. I've never, I've never witnessed the creation of a union before, and it's us either. It's, it's all, pretty wild. <laughs> it's yeah. all it's been wild. really wild. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one, one thing that has been so heartening for me is to see the unity of all of our staff. And on the other side of that, it was disheartening to see, and I didn't expect that Lee would voluntarily recognize the union, but the majority have come together and said, this is our wish. This is our intent. Yeah. And that's really powerful, that we all came together and said, yeah, we want to do this. Right. It's our whole team. It's sure. very inspiring. Even the couple that didn't sign yes pledge forms, it wasn't even a no. It was just questions. Yeah, Sure, that's fair. Um, and everybody should have their voice, Agreed. which is the reason yes. for a union in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and that's, so I guess, cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, I think that's, that's a fantastic thing. It's mm -hmm. like watching a star explode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting us chat. We have been Thanks pretty quiet up. about it for I know. a long time. A long time. I mean, there's been starts and stops, and uh, certainly there's been concern, and um, we've just kept pretty quiet as we've worked on this in the background in our personal time to to bring this to fruition. Mm -hmm. Rob and uh, four other members um, who were key in organizing came together and really brought the conversations to the table with other employees. It is not a few disgruntled people coming together. This is an entire newsroom bringing yeah. their voice to the table saying, hey, we're tired. We want to be recognized. We want a voice in this. We've been too long without just basic cost of living raises, things sure. that we feel entitled to given the work that we do and the place that we live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's a, it's a complicated issue, and God, everybody knows that right now it's damn tough. I mean, it's happening all over the place. Yeah. Um, What's the best way to support local journalism right now? Well, the best way is simply to subscribe. Um, either, you know, call the yeah, get yourself a digital subscription. You can do the, the cheapest digital subscription, uh, and that's enough. Uh, or you can subscribe <laughs> to the actual paper, which is, as I understand it, insanely expensive. But no, the, the best thing you can do to support journalism, hands down, is simply to subscribe. Uh, if you have the ability to, to advertise with the Gazette, advertise with the Gazette. That's another great way to support the local journalism. 
Excellent. Yeah, subscriptions allow you full access to digital content. During COVID, the Gazette has provided all coverage of COVID-related um, articles for free to the community. Yeah. Um, you will hit a paywall pretty quickly because, again, we are a subscription service. Our work does not happen for free, mm -hmm. and we also have never given it away for free. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to support and consume local news, a subscription is the best way to do that. Uh, as well, I think sharing our stories. If you read something that you took something away from, sharing yeah. it is a great way to enact your networks to read. Most of my readership comes straight out of Facebook. Whether or not I love that, well, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> well, but yeah. I recognize that people consume news in their news feeds. And so by sharing our work, it allows it greater readership. Sure. And I'm not telling you to share everything. Share what you, you know, what you want to elevate. But um, Yeah, well, and you know, what do you want to compete with Facebook? You know, your tiny little store is not going to compete with Walmart. You have to right. work with what's going on and offer something that they don't offer. And if Facebook brings people to the Gazette, then hell, right. work with that, I guess. Yeah, yeah we, we definitely get a lot of traffic off of Facebook and a lot of, a lot of um, interesting uh, comments. You know, if you want to ever duke it out in the comments field, uh, feel free. But uh, <laughs> I think nice we have an unwritten rule in the newsroom, thou shalt not read the comments. <laughs> Unless yeah. you, like, want to go home and have a real hard night, you know. Like, yeah, it's, it's awful. It's depressing. It is. But, you know, and I'm, I've been thinking recently that I feel like we've all had the uh, free trial period of the Internet for the last <laughs> 20 years. Right. And I think it's maybe time to start <laughs> paying for good content that you consume. Yeah. And I, it's, yeah. it seems fair, man. Yeah. Yeah, so. and, and augment your national news sources of choice with your local news. And we, we're at a disadvantage to other news outlets in the community because we do charge and you can get television news for free. Yeah. But I would push you to assess your sources and find out where you're getting the most value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And what is worth paying for. Yeah. I would hope that our content is. If you don't believe that, that is perfectly within your right. But um, to support us, it does cost money. We do not do this for free. It is an incredibly expensive enterprise, which is really why we're here today. Precisely. Like Grandma Irita used to say, you get what you pay for. So That's true. That's why this podcast is free. <laughs> this is true. And you we, had to uh, drop that at the end, didn't you? Yeah. 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 If you're not completely satisfied, we will refund all of your misery. <laughs> oh, and if you are so called to support the union efforts, you can go to montananewsguild.org. There are plenty of ways to um, support either just with signing up um, to stay in the loop or to send a message of support to our publisher and our editor. And we welcome letters to the editor at any time. Yeah, excellent. And About those, any subject. That, those are a never They ending. are limited to 250 words, so, you know, get your shit together. <laughs> have, we, have we thought about going to 140 characters? <laughs> so we can fit more Maybe of them? That would be better. <laughs> oh, God. Don't do it. Anna Page, Rob Rogers, thank you. 
for joining us in the North Dump, I guess, <laughs> uh, on the sweltering. It uh, is a sweaty little dump. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a very sweaty dump. Uh, I imagine the other dump would have been slightly sweatier. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a lot worse. A lot worse. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, we appreciate us. you guys giving us the time, yeah. giving us a voice. Thank yeah, you, I, it's, it's, it's great to hear how this Joe. is working, and it's, it's an honor to have you guys here. Yeah. Support local news. Please do. Don't stop. So. Let's get this town a little Sebastian. We need a little Sebastian. Billings needs its own <laughs> little Sebastian. I agree. Uh, I feel like yeah. city council would be better. Right nice. after five would be better. Yeah. Will you, you sing know? me the song? I, if I had a guitar, we would play <laughs> 5,000 candles in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, too bad the council is full of council member housers. That's, that's what it is. It's just all Jason Jams and Housers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're not Jason Jam, council.